Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. Joining me as always, I'm Ryan Livergood um, in the Chicago area. In North Carolina, we've got Trey Barrett. What's going on, gentlemen? Just waiting on the uh, Yankees to come up to bat. The bottom of the ninth, Red Sox looking to punch their ticket to the American League Championship Series. It's happening tonight, gentlemen. Nice. Two Red Sox fans, two of three on the show. Joining us from the home office, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and his northern Iowa hoodie, Will Greenwood. I love baseball. Psych! Uh, (laughs) In the northern Iowa hoodie tonight, because it's a little chilly here. Uh, We don't play baseball in October here in Minneapolis, so you guys are welcome. Not anymore. You guys used to. (laughs) Also, nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) So... Your uh, your team up there. It looks like their season was going to start out as a disappointment, but um, but but not so much. They they turned it around this weekend. But what I want to do, guys, is start off the show by talking about the teams that have disappointed us the most this season, and I think there have been a lot of them. So, Trey, who is the team that has uh, disappointed you the most in twenty eighteen so far? Well, this team is basically coming off a disappointing season last year after being in the Super Bowl the previous year, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. They're one and four. And and I know that part of this has been injury-related because their defense has just been decimated with injuries um, at the safety position, the linebacker position, and, and the way that their defense is built, it's built around speedy linebackers that can get out and make tackles and safeties that can come up and not just be involved in the, in the passing game, but in the run game as well. So, uh, but with the talent that they have, and, and even, I mean, the way that Matt, Matt Ryan is playing incredible football at quarterback, they've had, you know, Calvin Ridley, who's kind of burst on the scene as a rookie. Um, uh, Devonta Freeman missed a little bit of time, but I, I just think for a team uh, like the Atlanta Falcons, you know, two years off, being in the Super Bowl to start off the season one and four. I mean, I think that they're likely to making the playoffs as a one and four team is, is kind of low. So I, I'm pretty disappointed. I, I thought that that team to me was going to really give the saints a run for their money in that division. And it's just not been that way. The, the saints look to be playing uh, on a whole different level and, and kind of on the flip side that they've only got one loss. So I, I feel like that I expected a lot. The fantasy production has been there. Um, I should say, but from a, a real NFL perspective, the Falcons with one, only one win is a kind of surprise. It just goes to show you how fragile these teams are and you lose, you know, a couple of key defensive players and it just can kill your whole season. We forget that, that a couple of guys, even though they've got all their offensive skill position players, for the most part, they've missed Freeman a lot of the year too, but yeah, definitely a disappointment. Will, what about for you? most disappointing team this is a guy and the falcons is out no just kidding uh by, by far and away for me it's the raiders their their offense has been strange at best uh how, like how many segments were there on how many targets and yards the number one wide receiver for john gruden's offense got every year what that was gonna mean for amari cooper and how that's really been playing out so far we're five games in. it's he's he's a mess he's hard to own his dynasty value is tanking I'm scared to I, – I mean, I own him in, in at least one place. 
I really, I'm really, really disappointed in that Raiders offense. What does Marshawn Lynch have to do to prove to any team that he is the beast you need to put in at the goal line? How many times has he been stopped that you've known that where he's like, oh, that was a bad choice? So, and the other part would just be the Vikings rushing game has been really sad to me. I know it's been a little uh, injury prone, but it's just been Bobo all year. So I haven't didn't get a lot of, lot of uh, chance to think about this, but you guys left me the obvious one, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Because, you know, I, I, maybe this could have been anticipated coming off the, the Super Bowl win, you know, a little bit of letdown going into the next year. But I really thought that the Eagles would, would be, you know, competing with the Rams as this, and the Vikings as the, like, the dominant teams in the NFC. And that just hasn't happened yet. I guess it still can. But they've got uh, question marks in the backfield now. I guess that backfield is led by Wendell Smallwood or Corey Clement, unless they make a deal. Maybe LaShawn McCoy is coming to Philly. I don't know. Rolls? Waterloo, Iowa? <laughs> what? what? Do, you, do you know something I don't? Terrence Sproles is from Waterloo, Iowa, which is where the University of Northern Iowa uh, is. There, yeah, if he's Sproul, probably going to come back now because he's, he's like a healthy scratch, sort of, I bet, because he's so old. Was he 45, 55? I don't know. Ballpark hit that, yeah. And their their defense just hasn't looked good at all. Their, their offensive line hasn't, you know, been as strong. So I don't know. They're just a big letdown so far. I, I they can turn it around. They're in the NFC East with their half game back of the Redskins right now. So anyway, that that seems like the, the obvious team for me. Speaking of letdowns, let's talk about some guys that have let us down about dynasty players. That's what we're going to focus on tonight. We had some opinions about some players coming into 2018. And we totally individually totally missed and maybe collectively missed on some guys. At least it seems that way five weeks in. And then there's some guys that we had shows where we're, you know, like, we're, you know, buy this guy. We think this guy's going to have a big year. We think the next several years this guy's going to be a great dynasty asset. And so far they haven't shown it in 2018. So we're going to talk about guys that we think have overperformed. They exceeded our expectations. And then guys that, you know, just haven't done it yet. And maybe they won't. <laughs> So, Will, why don't you start us off tonight? Uh, you, you've got a, a pretty extensive list here. And you, you want to start with a guy that's overperformed that, that has surprised you? Yeah, so I want to just give a guy that it, it, in the, the history, we were talking preseason, and somebody who I just thought was an anomaly last year. And I'm just wrong. I, and I'm, not a, I'm not, I mean, I'm just wrong. And I don't like admitting it. I, I was going to say I'm not afraid to admit it, but that's not true because I just I, I hate admitting it. Uh, is, is Juju. Uh, he is such a better overall talent than I thought. He is a better team piece than I thought. He is a bit bigger part of that offense than I thought this year. And I know we're five games in, but I, 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 I've totally switched. I've fallen in love with Juju, and there's, I don't have him anywhere because of my opinion of him before, and it makes me feel sad all the time. Uh, he came from USC. He came from a college where he, he boomed one year and then kind of came back the next year. And Overall, just this, the, the juju analysis that, that I put together, to me, was it, it just, was, it just isn't correct so far five, year, five weeks through the year, and I don't want it to be correct the rest of the year. I am becoming a huge fan of juju, and the way he plays the game is something I'm a big fan of. He, he is fun to watch, one of my favorite players as well. Trey, do you worry what might happen to juju assuming Le'Veon Bell comes back to the Steelers, which I know is a question mark. Do you think that's had any impact on his fast start? Um, certainly, because I think that Le'Veon Bell was was heavily targeted and a big, big part of that passing game, ran a lot of routes as a running back. Um, and so um, I, I do think that that's a small part of it, but but not 
you know, maybe like less than 10%. You know, I, I don't think we're talking about like 25, 30%. I, I mean, I think that, you know, especially in the first game of the year in this last game, James Conner has been pretty heavily involved in the passing game there in Pittsburgh. So I, I think that it's been a very, the, the, the more shocking thing is, you know, the, the way that he's affected Antonio Brown's production and, and the targets that he's kind of taking away from Antonio Brown. So I think that's the bigger thing is we, we're actually, I think, starting to see a transition. I'm not saying Juju is Pittsburgh's number one wide receiver, but we're starting to see kind of a transition um, where he is becoming Pittsburgh's number one receiver. And he's, he's really, really good. I mean, that's possible. I mean, you know, I, I, it could be, you know, at, at some point, other times going to catch up with you. Some people think that Antonio Brown still has maybe three, four, five solid years left in this league, but that remains to be seen. It just, it's always a question mark once you get to his age. He's just so good. He is good. He's really good. What's, um, what say you, uh, Trey, in terms of a guy that has, has surprised you this year? You just didn't see it coming. Well, th- this is a guy that I feel like we should have seen coming, um, and hindsight is twenty twenty, um, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I think that when you look at Patrick Mahomes, I-, I think obviously it's easy to say, oh, yeah, we should have. Um, but then I started to look back, and I started to evaluate some of the reasons that um, uh, hindsight tells us we were wrong to not catapult him up into the top three or four uh, quarterbacks in Dynasty. Uh, The first is the draft. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs last year um, traded from the 27th pick to the 10th pick to get Patrick Mahomes. They gave up the 27th pick. They gave up their third rounder last year and their first rounder this year to get Patrick Mahomes. And then not only did they spend that draft capital on him, but last year after having uh, an incredible year, I think a career year, Alex Smith was traded so that they, they felt very comfortable with a team that should be competing for in the playoffs. They felt comfortable enough trading Alex Smith and, and going with Patrick Mahomes. And on top of that, not only does he have an incredible play caller and an offensive mind as his head coach, but he has, I think that it would be hard to argue that there's a better set of weapons in the NFL. I think the Rams would probably be the only team that could say that they potentially have as good of a set of weapons as the uh, Chiefs do. And so I think, you know, I mean, it's hard to say right now that there's any quarterback in Dynasty that I want over Patrick Mahomes. I mean, shoot, in redraft even, it's hard for me to say that there's a quarterback that I want over Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that we should have escalated him to that level preseason, but I think that the concerns over uh, what we might ex- – I think that he was probably being considered a low-end quarterback one um, coming into the season, and I think that the, the signs were there to, uh, to point to what he's doing. Maybe not to the level, the efficiency he's doing it, but, I mean, man, he has just looked like a real-deal NFL quarterback. So you're not, you're not worried at all about what happened last year with – I know it's not the quarterback position, but like Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt struggled to double his at least fantasy point production over the last uh, 11 games of the season, 11 weeks, I should say, of the season, because I'm only at week one through 16. So in in half point PPR, Kareem Hunt had 100, basically 20 points through weeks one through five, and then and then finished with uh, 159 or sorry, 259 points overall. 
I'm not trying to get where you're going with that. Will. So what I want to say is we've seen Chiefs start off hot and then, and then cool down. Do you have no concerns about that moving forward? Well, I, I, I'm not saying that's not going to happen. I mean, you know, I, I've playfully said that, you know, 16-0 and 0 is, is within the realm of possibility for this team. I think that, you know, the, the matchup against Jacksonville at home, we thought was going to be this really great matchup, and he just passed that test with flying colors. Um, I think that this next week, actually, a road game uh, against the New England Patriots is going to be a, a, a maybe much stiffer test for him. But I don't. I think, I mean, the athleticism, I mean, he. the, the thing is, he's not even peaked. I mean, the production he's put up has been otherworldly. He still has room to get better, no question. And so I think, you know, Sammy Watkins has really rounded into form as a solid wide receiving option for them. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL right now. Uh, Tyreek Hill is just uh, absolutely unique weapon at the wide receiver position. And, and Mahomes can, I mean, he can do it with his legs. I mean, shoot, that, that play against, I think it was against the Broncos where he shifted the ball from his right hand to his left hand and then threw it. Like, I, I mean, come on, like that's stuff that legends are made of. And it basically came in his fifth NFL start. So I think that the sky is absolutely the limit for him. Um, and, and I do think the, the production I think is probably going to cool a little bit, but the difference I think between him and Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz, who kind of both, those are two other examples of guys that early on in their career saw some explosive production that just wasn't sustainable. I think the biggest difference with Mahomes is that he legitimately has all the tools. He was super high draft capital and he has, he's surrounded with just an incredible bunch of weapons. Kareem Hunt's not going anywhere. Tyreek Hill's not going anywhere. And I'd be shocked if I mean, the Sammy Watkins, Kelsey, I think they've got this core of offensive weapons wrapped up for at least two more years after this season. And they still have the bad uh, defense. So that helps too, because that's going to help um, them need to have him throw the ball and perform. Why, why don't we move on? Any final thoughts oh, on the home? Uh, yeah, just quick, quickly. I didn't mean to, to say that as like a naysayer, but I, cause I am, I am all in. Give, give me, give me, give me Mahomes all day. <laughs> oof, oof. He can throw the ball far. He can run fast. He can do everything. I just, what more do you want in a quarterback? Yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> you're right. What more do you want? And, you know, I'll ask you this. What more do you want in a wide receiver other than what you're getting from Adam Thielen? And Adam Thielen is the guy that I totally just, he's just blown away. My, and, and granted, I, I don't think he's going to finish as a wide receiver one overall like he is right now. No way. Um, but he's going to be a wide receiver one, you know, like top top 12 wide receiver. And we should have seen it coming because he's just proven it, you know, over his career. So basically for the, what, the past two and a half years, he's been a, a very viable fantasy wide receiver. And I think the narrative coming in was, well, you know, what's going to happen with uh, Kirk Cousins? Is, is Cousins going to connect with Diggs? And we saw that connection in the preseason and everyone's like, oh, Diggs is the guy and Thielen. He's not going to see the targets. Um, but, you know, how many quarterbacks – well, you tell me. I mean, you're the, you're the Vikings guy here. How many um, quarterbacks has he really, like, connected with, Thielen? I mean, there's was Sam Bradford and then Case Keenum and then was it Teddy Bridgewater the year before. I mean, he's, he's shown the production, but he's a guy that um, just kind of came out of nowhere, right? He's not a guy that anyone took, you know, in their, um, you know, their, their rookie drafts. 
um, in, in Dynasty. So Adam Thielen was the guy that I totally missed on. It should have been obvious because he's got the track record for it the last you know year and a half coming in, and now he's continuing it this year. He's just getting it done. He's just fun to and, watch. And, and uh, why can't Adam Thielen be old, old, reliable? Why can't he be that guy that when you're distressed, you throw it up to him? You saw that in the Eagles game. You saw how the, that trust that Kirk Cousins put in him. Just literally chucked it up there. Uh, give it up to Adam Thielen for progressing in his career, being an undrafted free agent. Like everybody should be proud of what this guy has done. And he only, I think, he only had three touchdowns last year. Just expect that to get better. He's always he's he is perfecting his craft and getting better. He's not going to, I mean, he, he's not the the athlete and is coordinated as Antonio Brown. He's not going to, he's not a no double backup. He's not DeAndre Hopkins, but would you be shocked if he finishes a top five wide receiver this year after this hot start? I mean, what, what more do you want? So love it. Yeah. I mean, 66 targets in five games already has three touchdowns uh, Had four last year. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen. I don't know if there's anything to add Trey or do you, you want to get into a, a guy that um that you that you missed on that that you 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 said okay this he's gonna have a big year coming in and 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 he didn't yeah i i thought Kenyon drake um was a guy that uh had some serious potential this year and and is a guy you know bought a share of just before the season began uh with the production he put up down the stretch last year uh, and, and I think, you know, th- this could be one of those things where it's uh, the assumption of rational coaching, you know, which has, you know, been pretty popularized, I think, by Sigmund Bloom, where you you just expect the guys that are, you know, more productive and more efficient to get more touches. Uh, however, Frank Gore's looked really good when he's been in the game. And so you can't take that away. Um, that Miami team is just kind of a, a, a mess, even though they, you know, start out hot as far as wins, real NFL. But, but Kenyon Drake, I still think the talent's there. He's just not getting the opportunity. And so, you know, I, I, he's a guy that I liked coming into the season and, and thought was going to have a, a breakout, kind of continue the breakout that he experienced last, late last season. But um, that is just definitely not happened. You and me both, brother. You and me both. I, I thought the same thing about Drake and, ooh, uh, <laughs> could not have been more more incorrect. Oh, At least right. I- that kills me though because I wrote in there too the the Dow Loggins corollary. <laughs> Dow Loggins was a horrible offensive coordinator for the Bears, and he's a horrible offensive coordinator for the Dolphins. How should I see this coming? Well, because I he- honestly blame you for any of my Kenyon Drake shares. He's not he's not the play caller there. I don't I don't know what he does in Miami, but you know it's Adam Gase is the play caller unless he's decided to let. Uh, Old Dowell decide to to probably whispering to Adam Gase's ear. Hey, Kenny Drake's getting double team. Take him out the field, bro. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they started to. It's it's like the Tariq Cohen thing. It's like, well, they're they were double teaming him, so we had to we had to, we had to you know they're not double teaming Frank Gore, so we're gonna yeah. get Gore as many yeah. catches as possible. <laughs> Our best weapon somehow is getting covered up. Let's just not use him. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, boo, boo the Miami Dolphins so hard right now. Yeah, so quickly about Drake, though. Does that make him a dynasty buy because people have kind of like, okay, he's done. I mean, how old is Drake? I mean, he's, what is this, his third year in the league? I'll, I'll check it while we're talking about it. I mean, isn't he a guy we should buy then right now? Because Ooh, how excited would you be if he got moved to the Eagles right now? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's my favorite speculation <laughs> in the entire league. So, I, sorry, we can say that for later, but. But but do we, yeah do we buy him? I mean do, it is his third year in the league. Do we do we do we invest in him right now? I'm not. Twenty four. I think if you can get him for a second, I would do that because seconds are dart throws to begin with, and we've actually seen a small sample size. 
So, you know, if you're, if you're looking toward the future and, and let's just be honest, I mean, if Gore were to get hurt and he were getting all the opportunities there's production to be had there. So he, he is an electric guy with the ball in his hands and, and I like his, his potential. So I, I think if you could get him for a second or, or if you're kind of going into rebuild mode and you can flip a guy, you know, that's, um, you know, a Demarius Thomas, for example, if you can send a Demarius Thomas, you know, for a Kenyon Drake in a second or Kenyon Drake in a third, that may be a transition or a move I'd be willing to make. Cause I don't know that you're going to get like an actual first round pick for Demarius Thomas right now. No, no way. He's just not had the production. So instead of, instead of getting a second for Demarius, maybe I'd take Kenyon Drake. Um, and, and I think that you, you would feel pretty good about making that move if you're rebuilding while at the same time, the team that, you know, you may, like I said, you may even be able to get a third on top. That, that yeah. might be something I'd explore. I, I, I think it, it depends on where you are, but I'd be, I guess I'd give, I'd give a second if I was a really high contender and needed that kind of like running back depth. But I am extremely scared that Drake is going to be one of these running back, like basically one of your running back sob stories. You know, your shower cry over. Very, very terrified that yeah, without injury, but like the, the guy that just gets phased out on an offense and never reappears. I'll tell you a guaranteed uh, guy that you're going to cry in a shower about. That's one, one, a guy that I, that, well, I got to give you credit, Lamar Miller. You, you totally were like, you know, you are crazy for saying Lamar Miller is a guy to, to pick up and invest in because he is going to have an awful year. He's a disappointment. You couldn't have been more right. I, I mean, he just has been a disappointment. He just doesn't have it. I, I mean, not that Alfred Blue has it, for example, but when I was watching the game the other night, I was like, well, Alfred Blue seems like he has just a little bit more than uh, Lamar Miller. So <laughs> I, think, I think the Red Sox just won. I, I just saw Trey uh, put his hands in the air. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, it's a question mark. I, I have my doubts about Deonta Foreman coming back and taking over the role. Um, I'm not saying you should go out and get Alfred Blue. Um, but uh, yeah, just a disappointment. Um, and just not a guy you can rely on the rest of the year, right? So, or, or beyond that, what's going to happen to him after this year? I don't know. Yeah. So Lamar Miller and the conversation we had, and I felt like even after that, like maybe I got a little too uh, aggressive about it, but only Lamar Miller last year is he just gets tackled on first co- contact every time he goes down when you don't expect him to go down when any other running back would maybe push forward for that first down and extend that play. And he had that one receiving touchdown the first few weeks and Alfred blue I mean, his even his receiving total was was massive. And that game was kind of a wash as far as what you should expect about a fantasy plays. But they they want the next running back, and I I don't know his, you know Lamar Miller's contract situation moving forward. But yeah, I'm really sad about Lamar Miller too, just because I don't want people to to do poorly. I, I want people to do well. Let me let me be wrong about him. You know, if you just look at points per game and PPR, he is running back thirty nine. Um... Uh, so and that's with one garbage time touchdown reception literally at the, like at the end of the game he's been bad although he's averaging more points per game than Royce Freeman so I don't know what that means but uh anyway what okay so uh, Will disappointing guy for you uh the guy you thought was gonna have a, a big year coming in increases value in dynasty uh just Derek Henry I'm just done with him he's he's just bad in football the, the Tennessee thing is bad I he was one of my guys coming in I, I'm literally checking out I, I I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not buying him. If I'm selling him, I'm, I'm selling low. It, it, uh, there's nothing that I can be emotionally invested in what I've seen with Derrick Henry. And I'm sad about it. I really, really like, this is a shower cry for me and like a shower beer. So 
uh, I'm just done. I'm just, I, what, like you want like a 70 yard touchdown at the end of the game. Like who, who is that? that that's the player one of your team. Get out of here. And I have to admit, I, I did not, I have Derek Henry in, in one league and I, I drafted him mainly because I thought, well, I, I, you know, in case I'm wrong on this, I want to have like at least one share and it's a redraft league. So, but I'm, I'm surprised how poorly he's done. I mean, he, I'm looking at his, at what his points per game and, and, and I'm doing it by points per game because, you know, we're now with the bye weeks and everyone's played the same. He is running back 64 overall in PPR leagues, 64. I thought he was going to have at least a couple of games. I thought that Buffalo game, he was going to, you know, not that he was going to break out and be unbelievable. I thought he was going to be, uh, you know, a viable fantasy starter. And clearly that wasn't the case. I played him in DFS. I'm like, he, he, I, I'm trying to think what he cost in DFS, but I'm like, this is a great value here. And whew, man, you're, I'm done with him too. Derek Henry. Whew. Trey, you, you were never on the Derek Henry train either. I don't believe. No, you know, and I, I'm not one to take victory laps, um, but he's just, he's not a guy. <laughs> I'm not one to take victory not, laps. Not with this kind of thing anyway. Watching my Red Sox right now <laughs> celebrating uh, in Yankee Stadium is pretty amazing. So I'm taking a mini victory lap. I, yeah, I, he was, a, he was a, a solid sell for me in the offseason. I think that, you know, the bringing in of Deion Lewis, um, even though, you know, there was some question as to how that was going to go down. Uh, I think that, you know, the uh, – the need for Derrick Henry to get a lot of touches so he can break a long one to be valuable for, for fantasy is, is pretty, um, pretty widely known. So I, I just, yeah, I've been kind of hands off. I had cashed out on, uh, in the, the one share that I had of him. And, uh, so kind of, kind of crazy how things change because he's a guy that I really loved early on, but uh, for whatever reason, the tight, you know, we thought, oh, the you know, Titans just need to get a, rid of Demarco Murray, and then it'll be a Derrick Henry show, and then finally Demarco Murray leaves, and then all of a sudden they bring in Deion Lewis, and Deion Lewis is getting the ball more than than Derrick Henry. So, yeah, and and really that whole Titans offense is disappointed, and Deion Lewis has been a, not as big a disappointment, but I thought he was going to have a little bit uh, better year than he has so far. I mean, that the the jury is is out on that, I guess, but. I'll throw this out real quick, though. I'll yeah. tell you, in half PPR leagues, redraft specifically, not dynasty, redraft, Derrick Henry's a guy I'd go out and buy because I think that his owner has gotten to where he can't start him, and there's probably more attractive, especially with the injuries happening right now. Guys like Alfred Blue being potentially rosterable, guys like Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement. I, know, I mean, these guys are rostered in dynasty but not redraft. I bet you could probably get Derrick Henry – in a two for one and I'd stash him at the end of my bench because if Deion Lewis gets hurt, Derrick Henry will be a league winner this year in redraft. No question about it. I mean, if, if, if Deion Lewis were to go down with injury, Derrick Henry will be in a wonderful situation during the fantasy playoffs. So I, I would, I would buy him in redraft if you can get him cheap enough. He's probably he might be on waiver wires in some places too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's waiver wires and you can probably get him for uh yeah, I can't fit him on my bench straight because my teams are too good. <laughs> so, guys, let's um, let, let's kind of do rapid fire here before we get into our hot bold spicy takes for this week. Um, other guys we want to mention um, uh, that are on our list uh, just quickly that we were were um, run about. Well, well, do you want to go first because you got you got several, I think. Well, yeah, one was just Kenny Galladay. I made one of the hot takes at the beginning of the year that I thought I was going to finish under wide receiver fifteen just to point fa- like fantasy owners. Uh, I. He just is so much better of a talent 
I, I was just wondering if he flashed too much or was going to be sucked up by that depth chart. And just for this year, if he just wasn't going to perform as what you expected. And I think I'm going to be wrong about him. And I'm happy about that because good for you, Kenny Galladay. Uh, another one was just Todd Gurley. As far as opinions go, you took you were, you were taking Todd Gurley number one overall and redraft, things like that. But you, I don't know. You could have never expect the Todd Gurley to be this freaking good. He's so good. It's incredible. Uh, and looking at half point with no like long run bonuses or things like that, he was outpacing what Cream uh, uh, Hunt was doing last year, who was the RB1 after five weeks by six and a half points. It's not like a huge differential, but it is to know like how hot everybody thought Cream Hunt was last year. Todd Gurley is slightly better than that. And I feel like he's doing almost under the radar. Nobody's really paying attention to that. Jared Goff in that system, he's throwing for a ton of touchdowns. And does McVay not feel like a, like a young Sean Payton and what they're going to do with that that throwing system and the talent they surround him with it? Uh, one, I feel like another Mike Evans. People were just wrong about Mike Evans. He's still an elite talent. If you held on to him, Dynasty didn't sell low. Cheers to you. I didn't, and I feel like there was a lot of hate on him, so I want to just bring him up as like a simple thing like saying, actually, Mike Evans still is an elite talent. Even with the, the talent around him, you can't expect people to just – perform out of nowhere without them actually seeing it on the field. So cheers to you, Mike Evans. And I'm just going to go through this whole list, Ryan. Sorry. Uh, Antonio Callaway wasn't high on him. He is a better receiver route runner than I thought. And I, I don't – I'll totally be wrong about that. And, and, you know, we were talking about taking him at the 201, not the 301. You're talking about practice? I know. But the 201, not the 301. Uh, he can make the highlight real plays, and he is a really, really fast and I think good route runner overall. But he's – uh, you're, you're kind of seeing the, the adaptions to the NFL that I think you see with other rookie wide receivers. He played at Florida, and Florida's had horrible quarterbacks for the past few years, especially when he was there, and he missed a year. So you're seeing him learning, catching from Tyrod like a deep bomb where he chases it down. Like, that's on him. That's a great play. But now, now you have Baker Mayfield, who's a good quarterback, and I think you're going to see Callaway come around. I think you're going to see him get those practice reps in, and barring any mistakes, like, I'm actually – I'm actually still coming around on Callaway, and I think that that's when you play with an NFL quarterback, your passes come differently to you, and you need to expect progression in the players that you believe in. And even though I wasn't high on Callaway before, I actually would try to buy him cheap now if you can. Yeah, and that may be hard to do because he's flashed a little bit, but it, but it's possible that um, you know if he doesn't like explode, that that maybe the owner might. But so many, so many drops the last two weeks. Like people are hating on him so hard and redraft podcast. I'm just saying, yeah. no, you're right. Podcast. He's getting hated on a ton. So this might be an opportunity to play. Like I'm buying for the future. No, no doubt about that. Cause you're right. He's gotten a lot of hate on podcasts the last couple of weeks, especially redraft. I, I totally agree with that point. The only guy I'm going to mention, and I'll, this should, this will be quick. Cause we need to move on to our takes is Le'Veon Bell. Because I, I feel like it wasn't just like, all of us that missed on him, I think the whole fantasy dynasty community missed on him because we just assumed that, okay, this is normal Le'Veon Bell. He's going to come back last minute and play and everything's going to be great. Yeah, maybe he might you know, get a little bit injured early or he'll start slow, but he's going to end up this dominant running back. And, and I guess it could still happen, but we should have known that you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not normal, the, the, you know, the, the whole, that whole situation. And you know, he has a history of um, you know, just be, being a – a little bit of a, a different cat. And, and I, you know, I know, you know, we wish him well and I hope he gets paid, but that's something we should have seen. I think feel like we should have seen coming. We should have built the risk into that. And um, I don't think we did. And we, that's just shame on us for not. That, can, now it's all, and I guess hindsight's 2020, but I still feel like there were signs we should have seen. But can I say it's not, that's not, that's not your fault or our fault in the sense of like, this oh. is pretty new. This has never really happened. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And no, the same thing happened last year. You know, he, he, he didn't show up. He said he was going to show up this year. I mean, it's very similar. He wanted to deal last year, got the franchise tag, a lot of similarities. Um, but alas, alas, <laughs> it's, time. it's time for hot, bold, spicy takes. You know, we got five levels. We've got banana pepper. We've got jalapeno. We've got habanero, ghost pepper. And then finally the almighty Carolina Reaper. Will score takes on uh, on these levels from one to five. Um, last week, I don't think anybody got any points, so I don't know that we need to even recap them. Um, Trey, I think was close because you you did have Jacksonville as my double digits, but Mahomes wasn't quite a top three QB, so um, wasn't even close. Yeah. So uh, like Juju for last week, even though I'm higher on him. Yeah, Juju let you down with yours. Well, so did Kamara, and, uh, the two people that I didn't think were let me down. Yeah, and uh, Helio Jones did not score a TD, so that ruined my take, nor did the Falcons win. My take was awful. My take was awful. Okay, Anyways, we didn't, we're going to recap them. Yeah, let's get let's get into it. Anyone want to jump in first? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, so, Dougie B, so Doug Baldwin, comes out and displays some dominance again. Comes back to the Seattle passing game. Nine catches for over 100 yards and a tutty. Basically, that's his baseline. That's what I'm. my hot take will be for this week. And the Seattle Seahawks play. Who is their opponent, Will? Because I, 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 I'll be honest, I don't have it in front of me. Don't even care. Don't even care. They're playing the mighty Oakland Raiders and their elite defense. Oh, that's right. They traded away the pass rusher they had in Khalil Mack to the Bears. Hey, the Rams had a bunch of pass rushers. and yeah. So nine for 101. So you just want to say that he's going to score 25 or more PPR points? Uh, the, hey. The or do you want him to there. I'm not doing fantasy points. Nine catches. What if he fumbles like six times? I don't want to be responsible for that. So if he catches ten passes, then (laughs) it's a no-go. So not – no, over nine. Sorry. I'm just right. right, right. (laughs) So he's got to hit nine. He's got to hit 100. He's got to hit a touchdown. Yep. I don't think it's ridiculously hot, but considering he hasn't seen it yet and considering they really don't throw the ball. How many pass attempts did Russell Wilson have last week? I mean, it was – I don't think Doug Bowen was at nine targets yet. Yeah, so I think it's pretty hot. I, I mean, I'm, I tend to lean habanero, although maybe I could be swayed. Trey? Yeah, I, I probably would bump it up to Ghost Pepper. I, I think that, you know, the, that, the, the passing offense has been um, – I think that he's likely to continue to be incorporated, but I think nine catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown to hit all three of those numbers. I mean, I, I think that that's a pretty hot take. Because I think that they have some other options there. Nick Bennett is getting used. Tyler Lockett is is useful. And I think that you're going to see them. They've been very effective running the ball. This offensive line uh, made some changes in the offseason. We kind of talked about that. They've looked really good running the ball. I think that, you know, on the other side of the ball, these, these seem, it's going to be a slow game. Like it. Ghost Pepper. Yeah, well, basically, I just, I just want to see – I think Doug Baldwin is going to come back out after this last receiving game. I think – some you know recovery and the way their defense is played the rams game was an anomaly and i just want to see it man like let's let's see it all right i like it. i'll go to ghost pepper too russell wilson last three games 26 attempts 26 attempts 21 so they're not throwing the ball a lot there uh in seattle i'm gonna go quickly <laughs> next i am going to say who needs fitz magic after all the Tampa Bay buccaneers have Jameis winston he's gonna be a top eight quarterback this week guys 
And Rojo is going to come out. He's going to start, or I don't know if he's going to start. He's going to play a lot though for Tampa. <laughs> he's going to. I, I, I want to hedge my bet there. He's going to outscore all the running backs in this game. He's going to outscore Freeman and Coleman and Ito Smith and his uh, and Peyton Barber. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll so give that Carolina Reaper. Winston, Winston top eight, and then Rojo outscores all the other running backs in that game. Yeah, I'm in for Carolina Reaper. That's ridiculous. All right. Really? We'll yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm definitely not that hot. I, I think I'm actually – I didn't mention this in our uh, Patreon uh, DFS segment, but I'm going to be pretty tempted at like $3,500 to play Rojo. He was active for the first time last week, and I think with Winston coming in, I think that what he offers them, the abilities – the opportunity for the big play. Um, I, I think that he begins to take over that backfield starting this week. Um, and so I, I think that there's a decent possibility. I mean, we saw it from Ingram last night, right? You, you really just need a couple touchdowns to make that happen. And I think Winston's going to be a top eight quarterback. So, you know, the fact that it's a parlay and that it is a little bit of a reach on Rojo, I, I'll give it a habanero. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. So the thing I'll come back with that is, Ronald Jones isn't Mark Ingram. He's never finished as a running back one. He's never put up more than 30 yards in an NFL game. And that offensive line has been horrible. So that's where, that's where I'm coming from, Carolina Reaper, just to defend my take there. All because right. Winston is top eight QB and things like that. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's just, I feel like it's bold and spicy. But if you get it, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> All right. Trey, we're running out of time. Quickly, what's your hot, bold, spicy take for week six? So my hot, bold, spicy take for week six is that kind of got three parts here. Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be a quarterback one on the week. Okay. Antonio Callaway (laughs) is going to be a top 24 wide receiver on the week. Curdle milk. And the Browns are going to beat the Chargers at home. I'm going to go – well, well, I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first. I think it's. I think that that's tough. I, I don't think Callaway's going to be a top twenty-four receiver, and I, I definitely don't think the Browns. No, because uh, Higgins is out. So Hollywood Higgins. Yeah, but they might sign Matthews. <clears throat> Matthews from a. Uh, that won't matter for this game, though. You're talking about like five days of the playbook. Yeah, David Njoku. Yeah, can step up. Landry's going to get a lot of targets. So may, maybe. Um, <laughs> hey, they, anyway, we got more time. In the past, I'm gonna, I'll just go habanero. Boom, boom. Because I think those are all dependent on each other. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll give you the Almighty Carolina Reaper. I think that's a lot to happen in that game. So, huh. and I'm going to be weird. pissed if you get it. What a weird hot take segment. All right, I well, feel like we, I should raise it to Ghost Pepper. Then I'll go Ghost Pepper. All right, Ghost Pepper it is, guys. We got to get out of here. We are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at Fantasy Joes. You can check out the Patreon show. We had a lot of like, uh, I said UCF on the show, but UFC talk on the show. We talked to Debbie. We talked to. Uh, 2019 rookie draft so check out the patreon show that's patreon.com slash fantasy joes that's it guys on behalf of trey barrett and will greenwood i'm ryan livergood we are the fantasy joes and check out my new website it's called the fantasy bros lift in the mornings no bow socks <laughs> that's the that's the fantasy joe bro socks i was hoping like a little hans and franz there because you got that gray hoodie